Oh, that's right. I have to use Chrome for that. Fuck me. Ah, oh, that's so fucking annoying, Paul! Ah! Can you use Chrome on Linux? You sure can. Let me just get that. So how was your day, Paul? Good. Just, yeah, settling into this new job. Yeah, how is that new job? You glad you made the change? The guy I'm working for, I worked with years ago, and he's been begging me to, for ages to take over his store for him, so... Taking over his store? That's pretty cool. Yeah, looking after the whole thing. What sort of a store is it? We sell sheds. That's right. Now, question. Is the store itself a shed? It is not. Ah. I know, it's Paul. disappointing. I know, that's not my choice. All right, I now have Chrome. Let's run this fucker. How was your day? Pretty good. I did a lot of cleaning today while I was listening to that biography on Brigham Young. You've really been looking in depth at this Brigham Young thing, haven't you? Well, I gotta do the roast justice. I'm pretty sure you probably know more about him than I do now. I remember you mentioning his cross-dressing son some time ago. It all makes sense now. Cross-dressing ran in the family. Yeah, apparently it was a comedy act that, you know, all the brethren in the church really got into. <laughs> Didn't you dress in drag for a comedy act once in the church? Probably did. I mean, I remember <laughs> dressing in drag for comedy a few times. <laughs> Back when it was considered comedic, I think people would cancel you for that now. It's like, oh, it's not funny to cross-dress. Come on, it's hilarious to cross-dress. Everyone should cross-dress. Yes, yes. There was a period there where Australian TV consisted mostly of ex-football players cross-dressing. <laughs> That's the Australian way of life right there. It is the Australian way of life. Everything okay there, Paul? I just knocked my phone holder thing onto the floor. Ah, oh, don't throw it all away. We were so close. Not sure what to, but always close to something. Come on, log in, you motherfucker. There we go. All right, create new episode. We're going to call it 2 Nephi 10, The Next Generation, because I fucked up the last one, didn't I? Was it your fault or a software thing? I take the blame for not having a backup. It's my responsibility to get the record happening. I don't want to waste your time. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I mean, I could have been watching TV. You could have. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes I don't think it's yes. possible to waste my time. <laughs> my time is pretty useless already. Oh, don't be like that. Just only because I'm not a young go-getter. I'm like a, yeah, yeah, whatever. They're going to hit you because you're a go-getter. Yeah, nah, you go get them and I'm good. Puppy got to don't let them switch you. All right, I have a link for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sick of hearing myself do that. <laughs> okay. I blame Sister Adrian, although she didn't do it like that. She had a much better way. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Paul. Alright, uh, where are we? Alright, I'm gonna drop out of Jitsi now, alright? See you in a bit. Here we are, back at the ranch. Good old Zancaster. Making podcasts since 1485. Looking good anyway, sister. Ah, oh, you're looking good too, Paul. You're looking relaxed. I am relaxed. I'm good. Are you pumped for this roast coming up? Yeah, yes. Run me through it. How exactly do you envision this playing out? What's your plan? So I'm reading a biography on it on the moment. It was the most balanced one I could find. So it's not written by a Mormon. And then I'm going to just put together a hopefully witty synopsis. Right. <laughs> And I'll read that out over the roast and I'll stop at various points as we get to the end of each era and oh. people will jump in with their jokes as they've got them and okay. I think I'm about 
halfway through his life at the moment. Oh, but um, <laughs> I don't doubt that they'll probably double back onto some of it because I think the first part seems to be just like a history of the church, a pretty detailed history. So I'm glad I'm listening to it because it's ringing bells for a lot of the stuff that you've said. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll have a better understanding. Well, kudos to you for actually having the self discipline to sit down and read a book about Brigham Young. I don't think I ever did that when I believed in it. I'm just going to move this camera. Okay, now you're just pointing straight at your chest. Uh, it's close as I'm going to get. The Holy Grail. Yeah, like I was at work today, like started at around nine. And then next time I looked at my clock, it was like two o'clock. I was like, whoa, okay. Time flies. But isn't it good when a day goes like that? Yeah, it is. I like it. But then I get to the end and think that's it. I'm done. And I still haven't got to where I want to be yet. Isn't that just the most disappointing feeling? Yes. Yeah, like I spent all day doing stuff, yet I still haven't finished the stuff I wanted to get finished. Fucking hell. No, I can relate to that, Paul. I really can. We keep starting this on downers. That's like two downers already. We haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> I don't feel bad. It's all good. Oh, I better have my meds. <laughs> There's good timing. I don't feel bad. Oh, I better have my meds. For those at home, patients is taking prescription medication that her doctor gave her. She's not now running off to the bathroom to heat her spoon or to inject herself. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of a middle-aged woman taking her prescription medication. Fuck you too, Paul. I hope you're all enjoying these sounds. <laughs> Actually, if I said you were washing it down with a bottle of whiskey, you'd be like total Stepford wife right there. <laughs> nine o'clock at night, I'm taking my beds with my alcohol. It is nine o'clock at night and I'm having a coffee. But with your sleep patterns, do you even know what night and day is anymore? <laughs> I do get um, confused. Okay, and again, we're on another downer for the evening. There's three downers already. So the first time we tried to record Ilya, it wasn't my fault. That was Ilya's fault. Okay. But we can't really blame him. He was having an orgy. <laughs> I mean, there's some things you just... You know, you don't want to, like, bend on as far as your schedule goes, you know? That's right. And if you've got an orgy in your calendar, you're not going to be cancelling that. Probably not. It's not like dinner at that friend's house who's kind of a friend but not really a friend, more of an acquaintance that you kind of said, yes, you go to, but you don't really want to go. It's not like that when it's an orgy involved. It's like, yes, oh, okay. I'm in, I'm cancelling all my other plans. Ah, tell me, Paul, is group sex, like, terribly awkward at times? I would imagine that it's difficult to really have three people going at the one time smooshed together, right? You'd have to, like, take turns. Yeah, maybe. Everyone's into different things, you know? Whatever floats your boat, whatever you're comfortable with. You're not going to get into specifics, are you, Paul? Well, I'm still more of a one-on-one -on -one situation at a time thing. Right, in the group scenario. Yeah, in all scenarios, you just swap and change and move around. But if somebody's kink is to be doing something with more than one person at a same time, then, you know, who am I to kink shame? Going from that philosophy of group copulation, that's kind of like a microcosm of multiple monogamy, isn't it? Ooh. And it's like you're trying to mix quantum physics with polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being monogamous for 10 minutes with my girlfriend while my wife is monogamous for 10 minutes with somebody else. It doesn't quite work that way. Next question. Did you enjoy the group sex? At the end of it, did you go, you know what? I would totally do that again. That was one of the best moments of my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that no, was fun. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
an in-depth <laughs> personal with this episode tonight. And if my parents are listening, everything we just said was purely for humour. I've totally never done that. That's right. Paul is proxy Ilya. See, Ilya couldn't be here tonight. And I was going to ask him all of those questions because he's the one that had the orgy, as we said earlier. Yeah, well, the one that had the orgy in the podcast schedule. That's right. We had to reschedule because he had an orgy. And then the second time, I fucked up the recording. Again, disclaimer to my parents, don't start listening till now. And if you're Paul's parents, you should have listened to the last episode because Paul made a reference to Baldrick. It's obvious no one in my family listened because I said clearly in that episode, see if my family mentions the Baldrick reference. I don't think anyone listens, Paul. I really don't. We've got seven or eight <laughs> loyal listeners. We've got nine Patreon. There you go. Well, there's nine listeners. Sure, it's all friends, family, and partners, but you know. And former guests. But we love you all. We love you all dearly. I do. It's been one of the most amazing experiences actually doing this podcast. To the other people I love deeply who don't listen to the podcast, fuck you. And to the other people Paul loves deeply who he's fucked. Um, Fuck you again. Oh, Christ on a cracker. All podcasts, they all say they take a year or two to really sort of dig in. What's that you got in your hand? Is that a cigarette? No, that's the adapter for the my earphones. Oh, I thought you'd taken up smoking again, Paul. I was so excited. I'm not going to start killing myself again just because you think it looks cool, okay? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Would never smoke herself, thinks it's disgusting. Oh, but it looks cool. Ah, yeah. When Louise post smokes, it looks pretty cool. But if I walked up to you after having a couple of smokes and were like, here, hug me, you would like, I oh, know you don't hug me anyway. It's not to do with the smell. There's a whole other issue. I'll give you a hug, Paul. Oh, not if I was smoking though, because I'd smell. I don't mind the smell of cigarette smoke mostly. It reminds me of my dad's car. He didn't smoke around me, but obviously the smell permeated everything. And See, I don't mind the smell of cigarettes when you open the packet and like just sniff it in the packet. The smell after they've been smoked is pretty gross sometimes. I liked being around my dad. He was great. That activates kind of a good childhood memory. Yeah, yeah. See, there's a positive. We ended on a positive. Thank you for tuning into Book of Boredom Psychology tonight. Your psychotherapist and counsellor online, Sister Patience, is now at peace with her daddy issues. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I don't have any daddy issues. <laughs> That's because you just came on the Psychology Tonight podcast. I didn't quite come on the... That's on the Psychology After Dark podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's a little later on in, in the evening with Dr. Feelgood. All oh, right, yes. Speaking of podcasts, we've got one where we read this book. We uh, should probably, like, do that, shouldn't we? <laughs> this witty banter is just so much more interesting. Oh, yeah, we're delaying from the fact that what we're about to read. <laughs> but anyway, everybody around the world, welcome to Book of Boredom with me, Brother Paul. <laughs> and, of course, our eternal Colobian goddess. Colobian? I just made that up for the people that live on Colob. They're now called Colobians. Okay. And you are their queen. (laughs) Sister Patience. Hey, Paul. We've had a crazy week here, both in uh, personal lives and in podcast land this week. Yeah. Recording stuff that didn't record. And we're doing this on a Tuesday night. Usually we record Mondays or on the weekends. It's all working now. And if it's not all working now, then I get to beat you over the head with a piece of wet celery. Pretty much. Uh, If it's not working now, I give up because I've got the backup recording. Let me just double check the backup is recording. 
recording. Check the backup of the backup. That's going and that's going. All good. And we've got the Zencaster going. Zencaster hasn't really ever failed us except for with Brother Brent. His audio quality was a bit choppy, mm. but at least it recorded him. Good people of Zencaster. We are looking for sponsors. Uh, if you're looking for someone to give your money to, give it here to the Book of Boredom podcast. However, if you're not a major corporation looking to spend their money, we do have our Patreon page, and we should bring this up. Thank you to our Patreon so far. We love you all so much. Did we figure out who the most recent Patreon is? No, we haven't figured out who that oh, is. Oh, really? We've got a random from outside of our circle. I reckon it might be Rahella, but I'm not real sure. Uh, okay, we'll have to find out. So shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much. We can technically say, even though we've only got a handful of patrons, that we are now paid professional podcasters. Yeah! <laughs> To all of our high school teachers who said we wouldn't amount to anything, fuck you! Mr. Kukowski, look at us now, you motherfucker! He actually died of a heart attack at the school a couple of years after we left. Did he? Oh, you know what? I actually really liked Mr. Kukowski. Uh, I'm not just saying that, I actually did really like him. <laughs> yeah, but all of our high school science and math teachers, like, died within a couple of years of us leaving. Wow, I can't believe he's dead. They were all 20 years ago when we were there. Oh, remember Mr. Kukowski's infallible method of doing everything? Uh, I never actually had him. I guess you didn't take chemistry. Yeah, I had the other science and, and maths teachers. And... and he used to just take breaks in the middle of class and go and smoke out the back. <laughs> He's like, yeah, all right, kids, I've taught you that. Um, I'm going to go for a minute. Just... What I like about him, though, he did actually really give a shit, despite the fact taking smoking breaks and whatever. I don't know. He was very tolerant of how disruptive I was in class. <laughs> And look at the calibre of assholes he had to teach. I don't blame him for needing to smoke halfway through no, that shit. No, One of my best moments from Mr. Kukowski's class is when me and Amanda got chucked out of the class together. For what? Oh, we are just being disruptive, talking in class. You may not have liked us, but at least we remember who you are. Yes, your infallible method will go on, Mr. Mm, K. Mm, Dobe, because he had very bad body odour. Oh, Mr. Dobe was an interesting fellow. Uh, he was hard to relate to. It was Mr. Hammond, and these are guys that all had, like, bad beards that looked like they'd been washed for years and had, like, little food crumbs in them. <laughs> and, like, either flannel or, like, Hawaiian shirts with shorts <laughs> with the socks pulled up to your knees and the sand. <laughs> these, these, these were the men that were teaching us in high school. Uh, and surprisingly, they were all single. <laughs> in grade 12, we actually had a new maths teacher. It used to be Mr. Doe was the head of the department, but then this new lady came in. I forget her name, but she was such a good teacher. Yeah, we had a couple of youngins come in. No, she wasn't young. She was like middle-aged and just knew her stuff. I sure remember her name. I had a maths teacher for a little while who was from Poland. Oh. She seemed really nice and genuine and whatever, but I struggled understanding maths at the best of times. Uh, and she came in with her accent and I uh, couldn't understand what she was right. saying. Was she hot? And then I tried to speak to Mr. Dobe, who was the head of department, and say that I had trouble understanding her, but at the same time I didn't want to sound racist while I was saying it. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, I'm sorry, I don't understand a fucking word she's saying. I was like, just the way she communicates, I don't quite oh. relate that. Oh, 
That's a genuine problem. I know, I know. I mean, it wasn't the fact that she was Polish. And... What do you do with that? That's no one's fault. Anyway, we've reminisced on high school. I think we have a couple of high school friends that aren't Patreons but do listen. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Or at least they, they, they come in and out. So if you're one of our old high school friends, hi. Hi. Hi! Thanks for listening. <laughs> Let us know if you're listening. And why aren't you paying us money yet? Yeah, pay us some money if you want. Before I go broke. Join us at uh, Patreon at bookofboredom.com. Well, sorry, Book of Boredom on Patreon. <laughs> you just mixed. Yeah, it's a website. <laughs> you can also check us out at bookofboredom.com. <laughs> and then we've got the Facebook page and everything like that. So reach out. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you think of the Book of Mormon. Tell us how shit you think it is, because I think it's pretty shit. It's also often quite hilarious. Not intentionally, but it is. No, not intentionally. We've shot the breeze and spoken about a few other things tonight to try to avoid doing Uh, the inevitable, but uh, we probably should (sighs) take a moment to read this thing. Okay, Paul. And it came to pass that it must needs be that, behold, we should read this next chapter. 2nd Nephi chapter 10. This is Nephi's younger brother Jacob, who was the fruit of the loins of Lehi in his trials and tribulations in the wilderness. And he's speaking because for some reason Nephi just couldn't be fucked anymore and he's telling his little brother to do it. Yeah, it seems like Nephi's just pissed off somewhere for a while. I'm sure he's there, but... Well, he's obviously writing this down, so maybe he just said, fuck it, I'll be your scribe for a little while, you go do all the hard work, I don't know. He's chiseling in the back room right now. Maybe his upper arm strength had died off a bit, he's like, sorry, I've got to go chisel, I need someone else to talk for a while, and... But either way, it's down to Jacob, and he is speaking unto you all. (laughs) As you'll see in the first verse, as I am thus about to read. And now I, Jacob, speak unto you. See, I told you that's what he was doing. My beloved brethren, concerning this righteous branch, for behold, the promises which we have obtained are promises unto us according to the flesh, as it has been shown unto me that many of our children shall perish in the flesh because of unbelief. Nevertheless, God will be merciful unto many, semen colon, and our children shall be restored, that they may come to that which will give them the true knowledge of their redeemer. What a run-on sentence. And what the fuck did he just say? He got all confused on himself. Flesh, unbelief, perishing. Perish in the flesh and then restored. It's like he's restoring a game. Fuck up their game and then they'll just like, oh, dad, I fucked it up. And then God will be like, I'll just restore your game for you. Yeah, I like your explanation better. Let's somebody write that down. Nephi, chisel that. Wherefore? As I said unto you, it must needs be expedient for... <laughs> you laughing at it must needs be expedient? Oh, it's just such a great phrase. We should make that an, an album name for our next album. Yes. It must needs be expedient. <laughs> By the end it came to passes that Christ... For in the last night, the angel spake unto me that this should be his... Huh? When did an angel start? This is what I've noticed about the early Mormons. They always had God speaking to them. You know, they'd always just get these new revelations. An angel said this, or I saw angels just popping out of the roof. Here's what I don't get. He's like saying, I'm... Jacob, I'm talking to you people. These are the promises of the flesh. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, last night an angel told me that the dreamer's name would be Christ. For in the last night, the angel spake unto me. Right. But when he says the angel, 
That kind of implies that he's already mentioned an angel. He hasn't mentioned any angels so far. Which angel? Which angel? What angel? Who are you talking about? What are you talking about, Jacob? <laughs> he's like the same story that Mary had in which Jesus was named to her. I wonder if it was the same angel. I think it was Gabriel. Maybe it was Gabriel. Maybe before Gabriel had his gig as a baby doctor, maybe he was you know, <laughs> talking to some other people. Gabriel, the gynecologist. <laughs> Let me check out your ark, <laughs> saith the archangel. Well, thus it behooveth. I love that. We covered that last week. Go to the cabin, get the behooveth, I've got to clean the rug. When Smitty really needs to make a point, he brings out the behooveth. For thus it behooveth. It sounds like one of those old-timey car horns, you know, the arrgh, behooveth. <laughs> it so does. <laughs> Good point, Paul. For thus it behooveth our God, I've read that like five times already, and there is none other nation on earth that would crucify their God. There's none other that would? I think there's a lot of nations on earth that would crucify their God. Any nation that currently describes themselves as being a Christian nation, I think if the Jesus of the New Testament came to any of those countries, they would kill him or institutionalise him on the spot. Yeah, I think so. Imagine Jesus showing up in the Bible Belt of America right? Middle Eastern Jewish refugee with brown skin rocks up and says, I'm your redeemer. <laughs> All you would see is just a barrage of guns just going off. <laughs> you ain't our fucking Jesus. For should the mighty miracles be wrought among other nations, they would repent. Oh, Smitty, you just don't know humans if you really believe that. And know that he be their God. He be. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. I be Paul, you be patience, he be God. Do you be 30? We're talking like fucking three-year-olds again. Me be Paul. Oh, I love this next verse. But because of priestcrafts and iniquities, they at Jerusalem will stiffen their necks. Oh, say <laughs> stiffen again. Stiffen. <laughs> their necks against him. That he be crucified. What the hell is a priestcraft? Uh, uh, I don't know. Is it like the male version of witchcraft? Or is that a wizard? Ah, uh, he probably just didn't want to call himself a warlock. But then the church has priests. They don't want priests doing crafts? I think they're trying to knit themselves a nice woolly jumper, and that's a priest craft. There's Lincraft, and there's priest crafts, which is like the, their fierce competitor. Yes, priest craft. Go there for your curtains. You can even wear the curtains. Yes. I also don't get the stiff neck thing, okay? What the fuck is a stiff neck? Like, a stiff neck is painful. Nobody wants a stiff neck. Is Jerusalem stiffening their neck? Why would they want to do that? Wherefore, because of their iniquities, destructions, famines, pestilences, and bloodshed shall come upon them, and they who shall not be destroyed shall be scattered among all nations. That sentence doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. It feels like he was about to say something and then said something else. Because he says, wherefore, like because of, and then yeah. he says because again, <laughs> because of their iniquities, destructions, famines, pestilences, and bloodshed, because of all of those things. It's like he starts a sentence but doesn't finish it. The bit that says end bloodshed should be not end, but because of all of these things, bloodshed shall come upon them. No. 
and those who aren't destroyed will be scattered. That makes more sense, but he fucked up the sentence. I still think, though, that by making that grammatical change, you're changing the point he was trying to make. Oh, what is the point? The problem is I don't know what the point <laughs> is he was trying to make. And they should be destroyed. Bad point, Paul. Your turn. We're trying to make sense of something that makes no sense here, okay? We've got to look at it from every angle. <laughs> it's like he took two sentences and said, I'm going to take the first part of this sentence and the second part of that sentence and put them together and just see what happens. It's two completely different topics. Not everything should fuck. Yeah, yeah, okay. But behold, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh that they shall believe in me, that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers that they shall be restored in the flesh upon the earth unto the lands of their inheritance. Again, I think this is before Joseph Smith had actually figured out what his story was going to be, saying, I am the Lord God and I am Christ, which kind of backs up the whole Jesus is God. But, of course, Mormons teach that they're separate beings, in which case he can't refer to himself as the Lord God and Christ because God is God and Christ is Christ. They're not the same person. And I don't have anything funny to say about the verse. I'm just pointing out the continuity error in the dialogue. He's mixing up the resurrection and the idea of being restored to a physical place on earth. Aren't they meant to be going to heaven? <laughs> Joseph. And it shall come to pass that they shall be gathered in from their long dispersion from the isles of the sea and from the four parts of the earth and the nations of the genitals shall be great oh, in right, the Jesus. eyes of me, saith God, in carrying them forth to the lands of their inheritance. So everyone on the earth is going to leave where they are living to come to the lands of their inheritance. Lands of their inheritance, not just land. So what he's saying, everybody that lives like in the islands are going to move to America and get different land? They've already got land. They're not all going to fit. Why are they leaving their land? Yeah, if you've got a perfectly good island, stay there. If the lands of their inheritance is the promised land, which is America, fuck that, I'm taking a Pacific island. Island, thank you. <laughs> yes, I would like my own island now, please. Yes, I would rather have a lovely tropical island than a patch of American dirt, okay? Absolutely. This podcast needs be that it needs to do very well so that I can buy an island. Make it two. This expedient. Next to each other. Yes, and it must I'll need to be. I'll buy a boat so we can travel. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's not too much us podcast listeners, okay? <laughs> Two Pacific Islands is not much to ask, okay? No. And I would even add that we should be able to get a private helicopter as well to get on and off the island, okay? We are not asking for much. An island and a helicopter. That's all we want. And helicopter lessons for Paul. All right, throw that in as well. That may be a little <laughs> bit extra, but you understand. So all of our patrons dig deep and help us in our noble cause to take one of these islands because clearly the people who are on these islands aren't going to want it because they're going somewhere else. Did I ever tell you I took a couple of flight lessons in a Cessna? You did not. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And um, I stopped going. The next lesson was going to be one I had to put the thing into a spin and then get it out of it by doing reverse rudder and so forth. And that scared the shit out of me. Okay, well, thank you for not going ahead with that. <laughs> I don't ever want to run the risk of being on a plane with a pilot who's saying, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing! <laughs> but yeah, no, I took off by myself and that was pretty scary. Like, the other guy was there, of course, but yeah. often been something I've wanted to do was fly. 
the amount of time and money it takes to get your pilot's license, I, I just don't think I'll ever be able to do that. Unless we get more Patreons to our Book of Boredom podcast. <laughs> so we're now at the point, people, where we are in desperate need of your assistance. Nothing short of Hawaiian Island, a small plane, and flying lessons for me is going to help us. Please dig deep. Empty your souls to those in need. Without our own islands, I don't think Patience and I will ever be able to survive this hardship we've been through. <laughs> and if you can't manage that, just send Brother Paul pictures of your boobs. That works too. <laughs> three three bucks a month for boob pictures. I'm flexible. Don't send them to me though. Yay, the king of the genitals shall be nursing fathers unto them and their queen shall become nursing mothers. Yeah, I don't get this one at all. That was weird the first time we read it. Fathers nurse while you kind of rock them to sleep. There's enough to be giving them the milk. Maybe we are being a bit harsh on that first. For the promises of the Lord are great unto the genitals, for he has spoken it and who can dispute it? Lots of people can dispute it. I tried to defend something stupid he said. I tried, but then he finished it off with that sentence. <laughs> and this has gone again to absolutely meaning nothing. <laughs> he has spoken it. Who can dispute it? <laughs> he has spoken once. He doesn't quote anything he says. I think what he's saying is that the Gentiles will be looking after the Jews during their dispersion. So they'll be kind of like their nursing fathers and mothers because they're looking after them. Uh, but it really okay. is such horseshit because that did not happen. The Jews have been so persecuted throughout history. Mm. Well, see, I think they're saying this will happen before the second time Jesus comes. So at some point soon, we're going to have to start cradling Jewish people. Oh, okay. Well, I don't mind that. Because Jesus this is coming back. We all need to get ourselves a little Jewish person to cuddle. <laughs> I like Jews. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but behold, this land, said God, shall be land of thine inheritance, and the genitals shall be blessed upon the land. So back we have this promised land and the land of their inheritance. Uh, okay. Takes away verse 11. All right. And this land shall be a land of liberty unto the Gentiles. When he says liberty, you just know he's talking about America. Yeah, they're talking about America, the promised land, the land of their inheritance. He's just said that people are going to leave tropical islands to come to America to inherit their land. And there shall be no kings upon the land. Oh, really, Smitty? Just because you elected a president doesn't mean there aren't any kings. Oh, it reminded me that you said he ran for president and this book covers the fact that he did that oh there you go yeah that was one of his things wasn't very successful but no no interesting side note okay there's an unofficial doctrine of the church before the second coming of christ the american constitution is going to fall apart and then a mormon president romney well hey, stay with me okay <laughs> This president will restore the American democracy, spread the gospel while doing it, and this will be a sign of Jesus coming back. Mm. And there is a family very well known in the Republican Party by the name of Romney, and several of them over the years have held government office, such as governors and that sort of thing, and one of them even attempted to run for president because apparently someone in their line got a patriarchal blessing or something like that that one of his descendants would be that president that we're talking about that will restore America. Oh. And so when Romney ran for president, the mom was like, oh, it's a new 
oh no wait he didn't win next time maybe <laughs> maybe and I don't know why I'm trying to remember it was called the white horse prophecy white horse why is that yeah something about the president who does this will at some stage ride a white horse to bring America their freedom oh. will it live in a white castle no the white house <laughs> Yeah, the white horse for the White House. On this as well, it's something else Joseph Smith prophesied is that society will crumble and only goodness will be found within the Mormon church. And so this Mormon American president is going to help improve the whole world in preparation for Jesus coming back. And they're just basically trying to make a self-fulfilling prophecy now. They're like, yeah, Romney, run! Run, Romney! Go for president! We'll vote for you! Run, Romney, run! Come on, mittens! But I think Mitt has now realised it's not going to be him, so he's going to have to wait for one of his children or grandchildren to step up. Ah, uh, Mittens Spawn. Excuse me a minute. It's, it's, it's just so hard to deal with that he didn't win. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm over it. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> no, no, that was a pretty big digression from whatever we were actually talking about. They are kings. That's where that conversation started. <laughs> we're in verse 12, which I believe is now you. And I will fortify this land against all other nations. Okay, well, that kind of has happened. No. Well, if you're talking about in America, they're everywhere. But did Jesus fortify it, though? No. Or was it nuclear weapons? That... It was nuclear weapons. There you go. <laughs> Jesus is not a nuclear warhead, okay? Jesus wouldn't know what to do with a nuclear warhead. He doesn't know what to do with his own warhead, let alone nuclear ones. He's such a sub. And he that fighteth against Zion shall perish, saith God. Okay. I think it's your turn. No, no, you just read 12 and 13. You got one more. Don't just read the two shortest verses. I thought I read 11. And say, back over to you, Paul. All right, Paul. Read one of the long ones too. Don't make me be the only one to suffer. For he that raiseth up a king against me shall perish. For I, the Lord, the king of heaven, will be their king. And I will be a light unto them forever that hear my words. Fuck off. A self-proposed king? You can't just stand up and say, hey, I'm your king, do as I say say. No, that's not how it works. Jesus did not win Game of Thrones. I know that. Did anyone win Game of Thrones? I know, I still haven't watched it. Me neither. But I know that <laughs> Jesus didn't win it. Wherefore, for this cause that my covenants may be fulfilled, which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh, I must needs destroy the secret works of darkness and of murders and of abominations. He said it backwards. He's saying the covenants may be fulfilled to the children that I do unto them while they're in the flesh. Reverse it. Say, while they're alive, I'm fulfilling these covenants for my children. Right, yeah. So he's saying that while they're still alive, all of these horrible things are going going to be taken away somehow. People will stop murdering and that sort of stuff. That's totally happened. While who's still alive? Rich children of men. He's not saying anything. Oh. Everyone that's ever been on the earth is the children of men and they're not all still alive. You're correct. No, no. Oh, Mormon myths. I heard a beauty in the book. Apparently there's like three Nephites which have never died that are still walking amongst us. Is that a thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So later on in third Nephi, Jesus 
Jesus comes to America and has a big thing over there where he spends a couple of days with them, teaching them all of the things that he taught. Oh. It's pretty much just Joseph Smith ripping off the Sermon in the Mount. If I recall, he talks a lot about hens lifting up their chickens. It'll be a few months before we get this all figured out then. But make a note of what I just said. I'm, I'm sure there's something about hens and chickens in there. Hens and chickens, okay. So put a note in that when we get to Third Nephi. But yeah, basically Jesus comes down, does the Sermon on the Mount thing and everything. Okay, and then he assigns 12 apostles in America like he did in Jerusalem. Okay, because he was setting up his church to be the same way. Surprise, surprise. Remember how he gave his 12 apostles in Jerusalem like a wish each? No. Was he a genie in a bottle? Pretty much. I wonder if they had to rub him the right way. Oh, he liked to be rubbed just the right way. <laughs> he said to his apostles, you know, what's one thing I can do for each of you? A couple of them wished that they would live a healthy life until the age of death and then just die peacefully and just be gone. Wow, I don't remember this. We'll have to find it. It's in there. I can't remember what a couple of the other guys wished for, but then there was John the Beloved and a couple of the others. I can't remember who the other two were, but there was three of them who all said, we want to stay on this earth until you come back. So those three apostles of Jesus are still on earth. Right. And so when then Jesus went to America and said the same stuff and assigned his 12 apostles there, most of these 12 wished for the same thing. And three of them, like those three in Jerusalem, said, we want to keep on living until you come back. Yes, there is the Mormon myth that there are three Nephites still alive from the time of Jesus and they even go so far as to say that these three Nephites now hang out in the secret rooms in the temple and stuff and help guide the prophet. Wow, that is creepy as fuck. It's just plagiarism again though. It's like somebody sees the movie Aladdin and says, I'm just going to change the guy's name to Alan <laughs> and it's a totally different movie. Does that mean then that there's actually six immortal people walking around? Three from the first time and three from the second time? If you believe both the mythologies, yes, there are six people walking around who have been here for over 2,000 years. So Highlander was real. Well, that's the only issue is they don't have to kill each other to decide who will be the final one. Ah, because there won't be a final one. There'll be a final six. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade builds on this myth because the mythology that they follow is that there was the three mortals and they were the ones that had the Holy Grail, which was the key to human life. And they kept it for years and had these other knights who were the Knight Templar that protected the Grail. And some of these knights drank from the Grail so that they could be immortal while protecting it. Indiana Jones comes in and the whole thing collapses and everybody dies. It's a great movie. Of course, you always go to Indiana Jones for all of your historical accuracy. Ah, uh, it's got to be better than Smitty's book. <laughs> It is. It's far more entertaining. Can you imagine being around for 2,000 years but not being able to tell anybody you've been around for 2,000 years? They must be so bored right now with humanity. And then you witness the rise of capitalism and realise you have no means of making money because you have no experience or anything good to offer. <laughs> If they weren't immortal, they would have died of starvation. That is something. If you're immortal, you don't need to eat or drink, do you? Yeah, I don't think so. You should be all right. Probably really super skinny because they haven't eaten for 2,000 years because they haven't had to. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> if it were me, it would be more of like a Groundhog Day thing. It's like, I can't die. I'm going to jump off buildings in front of trucks and shoot myself in the head. I'll be, I'm not going to die anyway. Could they jump off a building and not die but still have every single bone in their body crushed. Oh, that'd be a horrible way to exist. They'd carry you around in a box. A puddle in a bucket. Oh, just like Odo on DS9. They clearly didn't think this one through. It's like, what's the rules of this immortal life? But anyway, we are now about 
800 years ahead of where we uh, should be reading. Oh, I was reading 15 again. Wherefore, for this cause, that my covenants may be fulfilled, which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. They must needs destroy the secret works of darkness and of murders and of abominations. Wherefore, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female, shall perish. For they are they who are the whore of all the earth. For they are not for me, are against me, saith our Lord. Oh, such a stupid sentence. Could have said everyone. Instead, he says, Jew and Gentile, bond and free, male and female, blah, 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 blah. I don't get the bond and free part, okay? How could you find against something if you are bond which means like you're in bondage or you're in jail or you're under somebody else's command i think slaves sometimes used to fight in armies well they weren't free that, that, that sucks though does suck. Humans are horrible. When you look at it a different way, armies are kind of slaves to their governments. I guess they're saying if you fight against Zion and you're in the army and you don't put your gun down and say, no, I'm not going to fight against Zion, uh, you'll be killed. Okay. Either way, you're fucked. That's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations right there. So if you are currently in bondage somehow and you want to fight against Zion, I say, fuck it. You're going to lose either way. Just go. And it affects male and female, but if you're non-binary, it's all good. That's right. And again, it's only mentioning females when there's some sort of punishment involved. <laughs> Jesus <sighs> fucking Christ. Okay. I will fulfill my promises which I have made unto the children of men. See, he doesn't say unto my children or the children or unto men and women. He's back to just giving the good stuff to the children of men. Mm, true. That I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. Now, that just sounds kinky. <laughs> Let me show you what I will do unto you and your flesh. Oh, of course. <laughs> Verse 18. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, not saith thou God, I will afflict thy seed by the hand of the Gentiles. That sounds like a euphemism for whacking somebody else off. Does, doesn't it? Yes. One must not afflict one's seed in the hand of thine Gentile. <laughs> Milk you, basically, is what he's saying there. Daddy Talk Book of Mormon Edition Part 3. Book of Mormon After Dark. <laughs> that should be our Patreon episodes. Book of Mormon After Dark. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did bear unto her my seed exceedingly. <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, I will soften the hearts of the Gentiles, that they shall be like unto a father to them. Wherefore, the Gentiles shall be blessed and numbered among the house of Israel. Just sounds like a conflict. In one hand, he's saying there's people that are going to fight against them. And then on the other hand, the Gentiles will be like a father to them, which comes back to that whole nursing thing. You afflict his seed by the hand of the Gentiles. So that sounds kind of not good. But then you soften the hearts of the Gentiles. So he's basically saying, I'm going to let the Gentiles wipe your guys out for a while and then they're going to become cool and then they're going to become like the dad type and you guys will then be like the house of Israel. You sound like a bad boyfriend. <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying there. He's like, yeah, you're going to be an asshole to begin with but stay with him, he will get better <laughs> you know, and you'll be totally cool by the end of it, okay? It gets better. <sighs> oh, keep going, verse 19. Okay. Wherefore I will consecrate this land unto thy seed, and them who shall be numbered among thy seed forever, for the land of their inheritance. 
fuck, there's a lot of seed. Ah, oh, so much seed. For it is a choice land, saith God unto me, above all other lands. Wherefore, I will have all men, ah, oh, he wants all men, that dwell thereon, that they shall worship me, saith God. And there again, he does not say both male and female. He only says that when there's smiting involved, he... <laughs> Smitey! I'll have all men that draw the on that they shall worship me. So now he's back to saying just the men. <laughs> I only want the men in this YMCA, okay? <laughs> I wonder if Joseph Smith had syphilis. <laughs> I'd probably guarantee it, quite frankly. I wonder if it went to the point of him being a bit crazy. Considering the number of times he did it in, like, barns and farmyards, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of infection in there. <laughs> Anyway. I said he thought it was an erection. It was actually inflammation that he should have uh, you know, gotten medical assistance for. 20. Seeing that a messenger God has given us so great knowledge concerning these things, let us remember him and lay aside our sins and not hang down our heads, for we are not cast off. Nevertheless, we have been driven out of the land of our inheritance, but we have been led to a better land, for the Lord has made the sea our path, and we are upon an isle of the sea. Boring! So now he's saying isles of the sea are cool again. And he's saying we were in one land of our inheritance, but then we were driven from that. But we've got a better land now. Oh, okay. So even there, they're admitting that the land of your inheritance isn't necessarily the best land. It's not the beachfront property with the really big yard. <laughs> it's so funny how Smitty couldn't work out what the land of his inheritance was, even in the United States. He kept moving from town to town. <laughs> and earlier here, he's talking about how great the land of their inheritance is. And now he's saying, oh, no, we're going to take you away from the land of your inheritance to a better one. <laughs> it's like when there's a mistake with your hotel booking and they're like, oh, we can't give you that room with the view over the pool anymore, but we've got this one that overlooks the crack house. It's totally the same. <laughs> it's a better view. Yeah, yeah. Much more entertaining. But great are the promises of the Lord unto them who are upon the Isles of the Sea. Wherefore, as it says, Isles! Drink! Jesus, this is getting really hard towards the end. I can do this. Focus. There must needs be more than this. <laughs> there must needs be more. And they are inhabited also by our brethren. For behold, the Lord God hath led away from time to time from the house of Israel according to his will and pleasure. It's not about our will and pleasure. It's not about our needs. Ah, yeah. He's such a bad boyfriend. No, I know. He's, he's the worst. He'll give you great sex, but then, you know, he'll leave you soon afterwards and leave the toilet seat up and forget to lock the door. Maybe take your credit card with him on the way out to buy smokes. That's the type of boyfriend that God is. Yeah, he's exciting, but he's bad. You know he's not good for you, but you just... You keep going back anyway. It's just like that garbage song, Bad Boyfriend. We're Shirley Manson. We want the bad boyfriend. Oh, oh, Shirley Manson. Ooh. Oh, she just turned 55 the other day and I don't care. She is still sexy as fuck. Absolutely. fucking lately Ooh, well, there you go. There's a woman we both agree on. When we meet her, we'll give her the choice. <laughs> Which 
way will you go? You can have us both, but not at the same time. Yeah, bit of brother Paul, bit of sister Patience. Which way are you leaning, girl? <laughs> and now behold, the Lord remembereth all them who have been broken off. Wherefore, he remembereth us also. Therefore, cheer up your hearts and remember that ye are free to act for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, reconcile yourselves to the will of God and not to the will of the devil and the flesh. And remember after ye are reconciled unto God that it is only in and through the grace of God that ye are saved. That was such a boring sentence. And it's even hard to turn it into a melody, isn't it? No syllables, there's no rhythm to it. It's just fucked. Nothing good about it at all. There's a nice amen at the end of the last verse here, though. Tell you what, though, I bet you any money, even though Jacob says amen, meaning I'm done, he's not done. He's going to keep going in the next chapter again. Yeah. I just noticed, too, almost every sentence in this chapter starts with wherefore. Oh, yeah. Or therefore. But mostly wherefore. Yeah, see, he throws in a therefore every now and then just to kind of, you know, show that he's being a bit different than original. Okay, so that's Jacob's version of how it came to pass. Once again, Joseph Smith trying to sound like he's somebody else. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to basically write the same thing in the same language, except I'll change the catchphrase at the start for each person writing. Then they will think that it's somebody different. For Lehi, he says it must needs be. That's right. For Nephi, he says, and it came to pass. For Jacob, he says, wherefore. And those different words clearly indicate it is not the same person. Shows the different personality of the prophets, doesn't it? It's like using the word thus to make your essay at uni sound so much more profound and deep. Have you ever done that, Paul? Maybe. <laughs> Wherefore, may God raise you from death by the power of the erection. Yeah. Sorry, resurrection. And also from everlasting death by the power of the atonement. And ye may be received into the eternal kingdom of God that ye may praise him through grace divine.